Is it sinful to drink alcohol? Oh boy. My name is Adam Butler, and you're listening to Bubblegum Gospel Podcast. Is it a sin to crack open a cold one with the boys, as we might say? Well, before we answer what is and what isn't a sin, first we've got to find out what a sin is to begin with. What is sin? Sin ultimately is rebellion against God. The Bible describes it as breaking God's law. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 says sin is lawlessness. So God is the moral standard, and he sets the law in place. Not arbitrarily, he sets it in place based on him, based on himself. God is the standard, and when we miss the mark or when we rebel, rebel against that standard of God's goodness, then that's sin. So, um, very quickly, this is sometimes referred to as the Euthyphro Dilemma, um, and I just explained it, but I'll just give you a, the elevator pitch. The, Euthyph- the Euthyphro Dilemma says, is something wrong because God says it's wrong, or does God say it's wrong because it is wrong? And um, it's supposed to be this dilemma, like, you know, maybe we don't really know what's right and wrong, but it's very easily answered by saying that it's neither, right? There's a third option, and that is God is the standard of right and wrong. Um, We could get into a lot more detail with that, but the short answer is it's neither of those two options. It's the third option, which is God is the standard. The moral law um, is in place based on God's standard of goodness, which is himself. In other words, it's not arbitrary. So sin is when we break God's law, when we rebel against God. Now, there are sins that are specifically listed in Scripture, but Scripture does not list every possible sin because that's not what the Bible is about. The Bible is not a rule book. And I'm going to talk about this in a later podcast in a little bit more depth, but just know this. The Bible is not a list of what is and what is not a sin. It does list a lot of sins. It will tell you um, certain things that, that God says are sinful, but that's not what the Bible is all about. The Bible is about redemption. It follows the bloodline of the Messiah in the Old Testament, and then we read about God's faithfulness to Israel, and then in the New Testament is the New Covenant, and we read about how the church should function, how the believer should live, and, uh, and we read about the life of Jesus himself in the Gospels. So, all of that is to say, the Bible is not a list of here's every possible sin you could ever commit. That being said, um, there are things in the Bible that are descriptive, and there are things that are prescriptive, and the Bible doesn't prescribe like I just said, it doesn't prescribe every possible sin. So there are things that we have to evaluate um, a little bit differently than uh, going to Scripture saying, is this wrong? Yeah, so-and-so, chapter whatever says, yes, it is wrong. Sometimes it's not that simple. But we evaluate based on the moral law that Romans says is written on our hearts. So we all intuitively know basic right and wrong. Everybody intuitively knows that it's wrong to torture babies for fun. Like, there's no question about that. We all know that it's wrong to murder, that it's wrong to rape. We know these things because God's law is reflected on us. We're made in God's image, so we know basic right and wrong. We just choose to suppress the truth 
and there are some things that it's a little bit harder um, to evaluate. And then, of course, there can be ethical dilemmas, which I'm bringing up a lot of points that I would love to just go into more detail with um, that we'll just have to do on later podcasts, because today I say all of that. I, I you know, keep rambling on to make the point that sometimes we have to talk about things like the issue of alcohol. Is it inherently wrong to consume alcohol? Um, let's answer that question. Well, the first point I would make on this is Jesus drank wine. How do we know this? Uh, look at Luke chapter 7, verses 33 and 34. Jesus, speaking to the Pharisees, he says, For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. Um, the context here is that the Pharisees just keep looking for reasons to, um, to condemn Jesus. And so he says, yeah, look, John didn't eat bread or drink wine, because remember, all he ate was locusts and wild honey. He says, you say he has a demon. The Son of Man, Jesus, comes eating and drinking, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard. So they accused him of being a drunkard because he drank wine with his disciples. In this context, he was actually eating and drinking with tax collectors. Um, this was after Matt, he had called Matthew, who was a tax collector. Matthew, who was called Levi, invited him to his house. And then the Pharisees were like, why are you eating with the tax collectors and the sinners? And they accused him of being a drunkard and a glutton. Um, so from that, we can see that Jesus drank wine, and Jesus never sinned. So if Jesus drank wine, then consuming alcohol must not be inherently sinful. Um, but another quick point on that, people in that culture, would they would just drink wine with meals. I mean, like we, we do the same thing. I don't. I, I don't like the taste of wine, but a lot of people will drink wine with meals, not for the sake of getting drunk, but because people genuinely like the taste. Um, and it's kind of like how we might drink, I live in the South, we might drink sweet tea with meals. Same thing, they would drink wine with meals. It was just, it was just one of the things that you drink, probably either water or wine. They didn't really have much else to drink, and so they would drink wine, um, and that was normal. That was just a cultural thing that they did. And like I say, we, we do that all the time here, too. We drink it with, uh, with steak, with chicken. I mean, we, wine in and of itself is not a drink that you drink to get drunk. You can get drunk off of wine, and we'll talk about that in just a second here, but the point is Jesus drank wine because a lot of people did, but he didn't drink it to get drunk. Um, look also at Paul's words to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5. It's in verse 23. He tells Timothy, Drink no longer only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and for other ailments. So he's telling Timothy to drink some wine. Why would Paul tell Timothy to do something that's sinful? Because drinking wine in and of itself is not sinful. In fact, it can be helpful to the stomach. My brother recently went to the doctor um, for some stomach uh, problems that he was having, and his doctor told him, you might want to have a little bit of red wine every once in a while. Now, obviously, don't drink a ton of it, but red wine ha can actually be good for your stomach. I don't, I'm not a doctor. Don't ask me why or in what way. I haven't really done the research, but... Um, Paul is saying that to Timothy here, look, you might want to take some wine for your stomach. Maybe Timothy had 
some stomach problems, uh, indigestion or whatever. I don't know what it might be. But um, the point is, Paul tells Timothy, hey, drink some wine. So just looking at those two verses uh, for now, we can infer that the physical act of merely consuming a beverage that contains alcoholic content is not sinful. So just merely drinking alcohol is not wrong. The question is, why are we drinking? Like, what is our intent with drinking alcohol? And to what extent do we drink alcohol? Those are the two things that we need to dive into a little bit more uh, reading with. Because think of it like this. It's kind of like anger. Uh, The Bible also talks about anger. Paul says in Ephesians, he says, Be angry and don't sin. Anger in and of itself is not sinful, but how you use your anger or to the extent at which you misuse or abuse anger, that's when it becomes sinful. For example, like lashing out, holding a grudge, becoming violent, cursing out of anger. These these are ways in which we respond to the natural emotion of anger in a sinful way. Anger is a good thing sometimes. Paul, right, again, looking at Paul's words, he says, be angry. Be angry. Just don't sin in your anger. Jesus got angry. Jesus got angry when um, people were selling things in the temple, and he was overcome with zeal, and he turns over the temple tables. He even makes a whip out of cords, and uh, he drives everybody out, you know, and he says, my father's house is a house of worship. You've turned it into a den of robbers. He was angry. And so I think that there are contexts in which we should be angry. We should be angry with sin. We should be angry with injustice. But we shouldn't allow our anger to become sin. Be angry with sin, but don't sin in your anger. So alcohol, um, like other things, it's a created thing that can be perverted. I mean, it's kind of like sex. Sex was created um, as a beautiful thing if it's shared within the proper context, which it was designed to be shared within the context of a monogamous relationship uh, between a man and a woman, a marriage relationship, that is. And so that, that's the context under which sex was cre- uh, for which sex was created. Anything that deviates from that is a perversion of God's design for sex. And likewise, alcohol can be perverted um, if we abuse or if we misuse it. So merely drinking alcohol is not the problem. The problem is uh, how we're using or misusing it. And I think the Bible is very clear that drunkenness is a sin, which is the product of the overconsumption of alcohol. Drunkenness is, in fact, sinful. Um, Just to name a few passages, Ephesians 5, uh, Paul says, "...do not get drunk on wine." which leads to debauchery. Galatians 5, um, he's listing the acts of sinful nature. He he mentions drunkenness, among other things. 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, in verse 8, he says, Peter says, be sober-minded. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, um, he says, thieves, uh, the greedy, drunkards, these will not inherit the kingdom of God. So again, I think the Bible is very clear that drunkenness is wrong. Merely consuming alcohol is not the problem, but drunkenness is, is very clearly spoken against in Scripture. So, 
if you're drinking for the purpose of getting drunk, then I would say, yes, that, is, that should be avoided. That is wrong. Not that I'm trying to tell you what you can and can't do. It, I think that it, it also depends on a case-by-case basis. If you, if you have a history of alcoholism or if, if you don't know what your limit is, so to speak, if you don't know how much alcohol it's going to take for you to get drunk, then you, know, you might even want to be a little bit more cautious. So, drunkenness is wrong. We've established that. I think another, another thing that, that alcohol can lead to, which the Bible speaks against, is addiction. I mean, addiction is anything that we develop a need for, that we, can't, that we feel like we can't live without. Um, and you can get addicted to lots of things, but alcohol is among them. Alcohol, drugs, you can get addicted to all kinds of things, uh, nicotine. And I think that addiction is wrong because it, it's an idol, essentially. Um, something that we can't live without, that we look to for our satisfaction. And so alcohol can easily lead to addiction, and that's why I think that it should be avoided. And that's why I think that we should be, be careful when we're drinking. So, again, to reiterate... It's not the act of drinking that's wrong, but it can lead to drunkenness, which is wrong, and to addiction, which is wrong and even dangerous. But one thing I would even add to that is not only can alcohol lead to personal um, personal pitfalls, addiction and drunkenness, it can also put other people in danger. I mean, you know, there's a reason why driving under the influence is illegal. There's a, you know, there, there's a reason for this. The law is put in place to protect people. And so when you're drunk, you shouldn't drive. You know, please do not get behind the wheel when you're drunk because not only are you putting your own life in danger, you're putting others at risk as well. So I think at that point, we have a moral responsibility to avoid these sorts of situations that not only put ourselves in danger, but put other lives in danger, that, that too is wrong. And we have a moral obligation to avoid such scenarios. So, uh, all of that is to say, um, I'm not tell- trying to tell you what you can and can't do, but there are a lot of dangers to excessive alcohol consumption. But if it's done in moderation, then that in and of itself is not sinful, but it can lead, if we're not careful, like I just said, it can lead to sinful acts and to dangerous scenarios. But one more thing that I would add on the topic of alcohol, since we're talking about it, is I think we should also be respectful for those who do have a problem with alcohol. Um, There are people whose lives have been ruined by alcohol, whose parents have separated over alcoholism, um, who have experienced people who maybe become violent or more so uh, angry with consuming alcohol. And so if somebody has a problem with alcohol, I I think it's respectful to not drink around them, if that makes sense. And again, don't take my word for it. Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and he's talking about a concern that they had 
about offer, meat offered to idols. And basically the question was, is it okay for us to eat this meat that's been offered up to idols? And Paul's answer is essentially, look, there are no other gods besides God. Is it okay to eat? Yeah, absolutely. You can eat the meat that's been offered to idols. But, he says, there are people who still do hold to the customs that you shouldn't eat meat that's been offered up to idols. And he says, you need to respect the fact that they still believe that. It doesn't have any. He says, it doesn't affect your salvation in any way, whether or not you believe that you should or shouldn't eat the hamburger. But he does say, don't let the exercise of your freedom or your liberty become a stumbling block for the weak. So let's apply that to alcohol, what we've been talking about. If you're okay with drinking alcohol, then by all means, you know, that's fine. But if other people are not, then I would say don't flaunt your Christian liberty. That's a good rule of thumb. Don't flaunt your Christian liberty. We can have liberty on the issues uh, that we disagree on, but we shouldn't flaunt those and um, cause stumbling blocks for people who do have issues with those things. Again, these are the non-essentials that don't affect your salvation. Whether or not you believe alcohol is sinful, you can disagree with me if you want. That's fine. Those That doesn't affect the essentials of our faith, or the salvific um, questions, and we can have liberty there, and that's absolutely fine. But we shouldn't go around flaunting our Christian liberty and getting in each other's faces over the and causing needless debates over these topics. That I think we should avoid, and I think we should respect the views of other people. Can we have conversations about them? Absolutely, I think we should. But we need to be respectful, we need to be loving in our approach to these topics. So I hope you found this helpful. My name is Adam Butler. You've been listening to Bubblegum Gospel Podcast, and we will catch you guys next time.